this is Lissa and Jerry Lee. Welcome to Experience Eden, This Side of Heaven. We hope this conversation will speak to your heart and inspire joy. Welcome back to Experience Eden on this side of heaven. Today we are talking about how to witness to atheists and non-believers. So first off, what is an atheist? I know, (laughs) you know, there's so many words that circulate about religious um, orientation or what you believe or don't believe. An atheist, here's the definition so we get it right. An atheist is a person who does not believe in the existence of God or any gods one who subscribes to or advocates atheism. So atheism is, the, in the broadest sense, is an absence of belief in the existence of deities. Less broadly, mm-hmm. atheism is a rejection of the belief that any deities exist. In an even narrower sense, atheism is specifically the position that there are no deities or gods. Okay. Uh, we know there's a lot of, um, a lot of cultures and um, geographical regions where they believe in multiple gods. Um, and then there's some that believe in no gods. Mm-hmm. So atheist specifically believes that there's nothing. Okay. That there are no gods, no deities. Um, and then I want to make the distinction. So we're calling this like how to share God or how to witness with atheists and non-believers. The non-believer sounds like, mm-hmm. okay, it sounds like atheists. Like yeah. they also don't believe. Yes. It's not that simple because a non-believer would be more like, okay, they've heard of God. Maybe he kind of exists, but I don't believe in him. Mm-hmm. As in, I'm not following him and I don't profess to know or believe in Jesus, but you know, maybe something exists, but I just don't, I don't subscribe to I it. choose not to believe. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. So then what does it mean to witness to someone? Um... I don't know if there's like an actual Webster's Dictionary definition, but witnessing is a very Christian word. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for people who are not Christian or who have never heard this word in this sense, so imagine um, that you are a witness to a crime. Okay. So what happens if you witness a crime? Police or an investigator will come to you and say, okay, tell me everything about what you saw. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything about what happened in the incident from start yes. to finish. Who was there? What did it look like? What did they do? What did yes. they say? Can you mm-hmm. describe them? So um, in, you know, in the best, most um, understandable terms, a witness to God or to witness to someone is to tell them everything you know about God. Hmm. And so that's kind of the most relatable uh, analogy that I can use And then um, the important part to know is that once you believe in God and you begin to follow God and Jesus and you're a follower and you are a Christian, you follow Jesus Christ, you're a Christian. um, It's it's really important to understand that there's a commission, there's a command from God to then go and share God and to share Jesus and the story of Jesus dying on the cross for our salvation with others. Yes. And that term is to go to witness to others. Uh, And so that's just kind of in the most basic terms, that's what it means. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I think witnessing 
can definitely be intimidating for oh, us yeah. believers. So <laughs> that's kind of why we wanted to touch on this and yeah. talk about it. Mm -hmm. But I did like that you said, you know, it's known as commissioning or just sharing the good news, sharing what you know, yeah. no matter what that means. So there was a commissioning, you know, on the disciples. So I want to read that uh, passage. It's in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. So it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted, and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that's the commission. That's the yeah. commission for the disciples. That's the commission to us is to go and make disciples. And how do we do that? We share, right? Exactly, exactly. And so this is where the fear comes in mm -hmm. and um, the intimidation. So witnessing yeah. to someone, whether you're a new believer or you're a lifelong believer mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're very wise and you're in your 80s and you have a lot of scriptural knowledge, whether you're a Bible baby yeah. and a new believer or you're a seasoned and wise believer with tons of knowledge, either way, it can be very intimidating. And oftentimes that intimidation um, is rooted in the relationship with the person. Yes. So it's hard, even even as someone who really, like I've, I've given my life to God. I believe wholeheartedly in God, the God that I serve. I have given my life to Jesus Christ. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. And no matter how passionate I feel about that, it still doesn't remove the intimidation and the fear of sharing that with someone that I know mm -hmm. doesn't believe in God, yes. has chosen to not believe in God, has rejected God, who has is either a self-labeled atheist or a non-believer or has told me, look, don't talk to me about that. I'm not interested. So regardless of my level of passion and commitment to God, having to share him or feeling compelled in the commission to share him with others can be really intimidating. Absolutely. Um, so there's some really important things that we want to talk about. Um, it's, it's such a, a burden, a heavy burden on my heart to share the Lord with everyone, mm -hmm. whether it's a stranger on the street or uh, somebody I meet at, at church or at a function like my son's school or sports or whatever the case may be, or more intimately, a family member or a close friend that I really love. Uh, I feel compelled because I don't feel as a believer in Jesus Christ wholeheartedly, I don't feel like sharing him with others is a burden upon them, I mean, or I don't feel as though it's a confrontational thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the most compassionate thing that I can possibly do is to share Jesus with others. Because at the end of the day, if someone doesn't know Jesus and, and worse, rejects Jesus, it's really literally a life or death situation. Mm -hmm. It's death or salvation. Yeah. And so I take it really personally and really seriously as, as, a, as a responsibility, especially to those I love, to the world at large, but especially to those I love. And so with that severity of the situation, it can be intimidating. And gosh, how do I do this right? Exactly. You know, you don't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. Um I love the Lord and I love the Bible, but I don't know it front to back. Yeah. I don't have it memorized. I've read it front to back, but I haven't committed it to memory. Yeah. And so at the risk of sounding um, ignorant or uninformed or, you know, I want to make sure that whatever I tell people about Jesus is accurate. 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people. I feel that even, especially like for me, when I was a new believer, it's like, well, I don't know enough, mm -hmm. you know, like I don't know the Bible in and out. I don't know all his words. So it's like, should I really be sharing the gospel? Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of something that the enemy is yes. in our ears telling us. It's like, well, you don't know enough yet, so you shouldn't say anything. And I was okay. definitely subject to that because it's like, you know, I am a new believer, but I think it's very important for us to share what we do know. And what we do know is that Jesus loves us and he saved us and we can always share our testimony in exactly. that. Like, and I think that's what the relatable part is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so in talking about this, you know, Lisa and I were talking about real, like real problems, real life situations where we feel like we don't have either the theological awareness mm -hmm. or the um, theological schooling or the Bible knowledge. And so for me, I, I was thinking about it's very important um, that we don't like when you're talking to someone uh, either of another religion mm -hmm. or another culture or someone who has outright told you, don't talk to me about this. We, it's not so much the conversion. Yes. It's not so much the end result, like forcing them into believing in God. It's, it's coming from compassion, mm -hmm. not conversion. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And then you want to inspire others to seek Jesus through love. Yes. Not judgment or condemnation mm -hmm. or, or bullying or anything like that. It's, you're supposed to inspire out of love. Jesus is love. Mm -hmm. And if we, if we have the wrong position, we can turn people off because of us, because not, nothing God did wrong, obviously. Yeah. It's because of our approach. And the other thing is, um, it's not our job to outthink the other person. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, um, a lot of atheists and non-believers that I've encountered feel really educated on their disbelief. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. give you tons of reasons why they shouldn't believe. And so it's, it's not an intelligence contest and you don't have to outthink the other person. So just don't engage in that mm -hmm. because the thing is, you, we can't win that. You know, it's just, it's going to go nowhere and you're going to go around in circles. And, um, the most important reminder though is that we are not meant to outwork God. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes feeling like a representative of Jesus makes us feel like we need to, to work as much as him or, yeah. or have as much of an influence on that person as God. We, we cannot. No. Nope. We cannot outwork God. Mm -mm. God is ultimately at work and ultimately at play, but he does position people in our paths so that we can be a representative of him. He'll do the work. Yes. But we maybe just need to open the door or soften the person with our love and compassion. It's not our job to get to that finish line with that person. That's between them and God. Yes. But we, we want to get into the race. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? That, that's the goal. That's how I felt definitely before. It's just mm -hmm. like, well, how do I make this person think this? Or how do I make them believe in God? Mm -hmm. How do I, how do I, how do I? And it's not, it doesn't work that way. No. It's planting those little seeds just based on me loving Jesus. And then mm -hmm. you let God do the rest. Amen. Amen. And the thing is, when someone meets you and they see how loving you are, in general, mm -hmm. you as Lissa, you're loving, caring, light, per like you, you exude light and joy. So you're pleasant to be around. Mm -hmm. And then when you, once you get people um, in your, in your orbit and you share that experience with them and then you say, well, that's coming from God. Yeah. That light, that joy, that hope, that love mm -hmm. is rooted in God. Then they'll, okay, I want to meet this guy. Yeah. I, I want to know more about your Jesus. If this is the result of knowing Jesus, I want that. Mm-hmm. Not just like, you need to know Jesus because you're going to hell. Yeah. This is never a good approach. Never a good approach. Yes. And so the thing is, 
our belief as Christians is that we were created by God to mm-hmm. seek God, to be in relationship with God, to love and be loved by God. Absolutely. And that, yes, and that's the root and that's the whole point. And so it's interesting how we, you know, we kind of get caught in the weeds of the details about it and not focus on the fact that we just want people to experience Jesus through us. Um, their journey with him, their, their development of spiritual and scriptural knowledge is a journey. Mm-hmm. It's a path that we can't take them on that journey. We just have to introduce them to Jesus. And then what happens next is between them and Jesus. And sometimes we get, we get ahead of our skis thinking, okay, we have to do all of that. Yes. And we don't. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful that we give ourselves uh, we give ourselves grace to not have all the answers, and we give the other person grace um, to just be where they're at in their life and in their walk with Jesus, whether they're refusing him, whether they haven't quite known him yet, or whether they're curious. Yeah. You know, this is their journey, and we just want to represent God in a loving way. Exactly. And especially people that don't believe, I think you hit it on the nail. It's just like, we're not forcing people, forcing Jesus on people. What we can really do is just be a good representative of him. And when people see that, they're attracted to that. Like, Mm -hmm. well, what is it that they have or she has or he has? And they're like, okay, well, I want to get to know more about Jesus. I want to get to know more about why you are the way you are, why you have this hope, why you have this joy. Exactly. And, And the thing is, as a believer, I believe that you need to know your Bible. You need to know the scripture. You need to dive into scripture. You need to study it and really pick it apart and, you know, gain scriptural information for the purpose of application to your own life, for the purpose of transformation within your life. Because the, the whole, the whole point of Christianity and the whole point of following Jesus is to be conformed to his image, meaning that every day we're here on earth, we want to learn a little more mm-hmm. and, um, and just exhibit more of his characteristics more righteousness more grace as we live our lives Mm -hmm. and so the thing is when we like me i was i'm guilty of this i have read the bible i have um, meditated on a lot of it studied a lot of it i'm horrible horrible at verse verse memorization and uh, i know so much of the bible and there's certain things that are committed to memory just because of the importance to me in my own life but Broadly, in general, I am something I really need to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the word so much that it's something that I am really passionate about and I am working on. Um, but I also want to caution people that witnessing to a non-believer or even having Christian conversations like Lisa and I have, um, we are not expected to be theologians. Not mm-hmm. every believer of Christ has to be a Bible scholar or a accomplished theologian. You just need to love the Lord and pursue a relationship with him and be in his word. And so sometimes we we label ourselves inadequate or mm-hmm. inexperienced or uneducated and go, okay, well, I can't share it because I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, And that's not what God's asking of us. We need to be humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to be transparent and say, look, I don't have all the answers. Um, and so when I share the gospel, it is for the purpose of inspiring belief in Jesus, not necessarily informing people about Jesus. I want them to do that on their own mm-hmm. in the Word. Um, but it's important because for me, like I said, sharing the gospel, gospel means good news. Mm-hmm. Sharing good news with someone is for the purpose of that transformation, for the purpose of that relationship. And so I'm not giving them Bible facts so that they feel convicted. Yeah. Like, oh, I better listen, I'm going to hell. Yeah. Or or for the purpose of judgment mm-hmm. or for the purpose of condemnation. I'm sharing it with them out of absolute love. Mm-hmm. Uh, because 
certain lifestyles, a sinful lifestyle, or at, at the worst, a rejection of God leads to death. Yes, it does ultimately, mm-hmm. and that's what I believe as a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, but when I'm when I'm being vulnerable and when I'm being authentic, I'm also careful to not be a hypocrite. Yes. So I never say, you know, come to Jesus and you'll be perfect and you'll have all the answers. That's not it either. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I know it's so scary because you're like, wait, if I if I share the Lord with people and then I'm a mess in some way, yeah, or I feel inadequate in some way. I mean, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all sin. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're like it's a Bible baby or a wise Bible um, study expert for your whole entire life. It doesn't matter. You're still going to sin and fall short of the glory of God. So it's really, it's really important. You can try to live with character and integrity and it's okay when you get it wrong sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's Um, why we need Jesus. Exactly. (laughs) It's why Jesus came and died for our sins. If we present ourselves as Christians getting it all right, Mm -hmm. it's, People can't relate to that. I can't relate to that, yeah. right? <laughs> and so sometimes if you present it that way with an arrogance mm-hmm. or um, or a judgment, people will be turned off by that because they're like, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. I can't accept Jesus or believe in Jesus because I'm sinful mm-hmm. and I'm broken. And if you position Jesus as, as being in a place where you had to be perfect to get to him, people won't even try. No. And because, you know, most realistic people are recognizing that they're broken, mm-hmm. and that, that we're imperfect. And so that's really important. Um, the other thing that we've learned, and we've just talked about this before we started, was that we need to be okay not having the answer. Mm-hmm. I've been a Bible study table leader for years. And I consistently get questions that I don't have the answer to, whether it be um, about life, <laughs> about Jesus, about scripture, um, whatever the case may be, people will ask questions wanting big answers to big questions. And if you are going to witness to someone about Jesus, you have to be comfortable not having the answer. Uh, we're not going to have all the answers. But rather than look at it as a, as a place where you are failing or you're inadequate, Look at it as a place of opportunity. So when somebody asks me a question about God or about life and I sincerely don't have the answer, um, I go, you know what? I don't know. Let's see what the Bible says about that. Let's see what God says about that. Mm -hmm. And I think not knowing and um, that place of seeking God is a really nice leveler. Definitely. You know, it brings us, we're all on the same level. We're all imperfect. We all have questions. We're all seeking the Lord. And when we start at that position, then we get to know and learn about God together. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a bonding experience. Yeah, definitely. It's some intentional time. And maybe that's how it's supposed to be. You know, yeah. you guys can find the answer together and then you grow in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's not an answer for everything either. Meaning the Bible doesn't give alphabetical orders. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's something that you're in pursuit of your entire life. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, what is my purpose? Why do Why are things the way they are? Um, but it's it's a friendship building and a fellowship building exercise to pursue the answer and to pursue God's word 
together. I think that's really important. Definitely. I love like, I love when I have questions because mm -hmm. me and my fiance, like we always like, we'll have a question and I swear we'll be like, we, we got to find the answer and we'll yeah. find it like yes. in the Bible. We'll find yes. it like sometimes it's like indirectly, but you'll find answers to things. you need. And I love that the time that we get to spend together mm -hmm. to research that answer. And then we, we do come to it and God reveals things to us. And it's such a good bonding moment I and it brings that. us so much closer together and closer to God. Amen. So can I you imagine that. how joyful God is watching that happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, look at them. They're in love with each other, loving me. Mm -hmm. They're pursuing my word and my answers. I, th I just think it brings God joy Yeah. to not act like we know it all, but to seek him. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's an act of humility mm -hmm. and surrender and obedience. Mm -hmm. I think to admit, I don't, I don't know. Let's see what God says. Yeah. And, um, and the, um, the other important thing is, you know, Throughout your life as, as a believer, you will encounter people of other religions, mm -hmm. other nationalities, other cultures, other societies, you know. And so you we have to be sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't, you know, burst in the door like we know it all because we, yes, as a believer, we believe that we are believing in and following the one true almighty God. Mm -hmm. But that cannot position us in a place of arrogance yeah. like we are the authority and we are better than everyone you if you assume that posture you will turn everyone in the room off from god you cannot Absolutely. do that you have to be humble and compassionate and lead with love um but remember to meet people where they are not where you want them to be or mm -hmm. where you think they can be yeah um, meet them exactly where they are that's what jesus did mm -hmm. jesus's whole life is a story of meeting people where they are whether they were scripturally wise whether they were righteous whether they were sinful and flawed jesus met everyone where they were mm -hmm. and this journey with them was individual yep and we need to do the same thing and then um you know we need to look at the, the Forgetting where we came from as Christians, like if we look at, okay, now I'm a Christian, so I have this arrogance or this air like I know better than you, mm -hmm. we forget where we came from. Before I was a believer in Jesus Christ, I was a sinner. Mm -hmm. After I've become a, a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner. Still a sinner. <laughs> right. So don't forget where you came from because yeah. now you proclaim the name of Jesus. Like you, we can stand behind the gates of heaven looking out at the minions, you know. Yeah. We can't do that. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure that regardless of our vantage point, that we remember where we came from Absolutely. and more importantly, where we're headed. Mm. What is the goal? Yep. What is the goal in sharing with Jesus? That means sharing Jesus with others. Is it is it to be pious? Mm -hmm. Is it to be righteous? Or is it to save souls? Mm -hmm. When you when you reposition the perspective of why we're witnessing, it can really um, prioritize your words, your actions. I think it's really important. Um, and when you're talking to someone, really the person that you're speaking to, who is maybe rejecting God mm -hmm. or believing in another God or from a completely different society or culture, um, you have to make sure that that person in that moment feels loved by you. Mm -hmm. They need to feel loved by you first. One of my favorite quotes, I've probably said it on every single podcast, is Jackie Hill Perry. People will meet you before they ever meet Jesus. Yep. And ultimately, God has to say, ultimately, God will work on their hearts and knock on their hearts. But it's really important to remember that you're an ambassador mm -hmm. of God. You're a representative of God. And many people will meet you before they meet God. And whether or not they meet God is dependent on that interaction. Yes. And I don't say that to make people feel pressured. 
or intimidated, I say that to empower you. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are essentially holding someone's life, their salvation in your hand based on your behavior. So love them. Mm-hmm. It's really simple. Mm-hmm. And then let God do the rest. Exactly. But you are representing God through you. Yeah, we have Jesus in us. Mm-hmm. And that is our goal is to disciple and, you know, really share his mm-hmm. word. And we can't do that with arrogance. I've seen so many people that I have met turned off from God because of other people yeah. coming or with arrogance. Yeah, our church is yeah. telling them they're going to hell. You know, you're wrong for this. Like, you're doing this. You're living this way. Like, and some people are like, well, I'll never be good enough. Like, I, how am I supposed to come to God? You know, like, I'm... I'm broken. And exactly like you said, they forget where they came from and instead are pointing fingers instead of being loving. Mm -hmm. It is sad. And that's an important thing to remember is that um, you, you should not. And really with what we feel we're living in the end times now, not only should you not, but you cannot wait to get it all together to come to Jesus. Yeah. Any position, wherever you are today in your life, I don't care if you're in an addiction. I don't care if you are rejecting God. I don't care how sinful, what your, how dark your past is. Any position is the position to choose Jesus. I don't care where you're at. Yep. And today is the day that you can choose Jesus and begin to change your life. And it, it's so huge because believing in Jesus is a humble invitation into holiness. That's believing in Jesus. That is choosing Jesus. It's just saying, yes, I accept this gift of salvation. I accept this invitation into holiness. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not a pedestal. Like, okay, I believe in Jesus. Now I'm on a pedestal and I'm perfect. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's okay to be broken. In fact, that's where God does his best work. Exactly. (laughs) In in the broken. Exactly. And and quite frankly, from personal experience and from a lot of experiences that I've, I've observed, the more broken you are, the more surrendered you become to Jesus. And I just think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful to surrender to God at, in brokenness mm-hmm. because you, we have this feeling of control over our lives. And once you just open your hands and release it to him, he does miracles. Yes. He honors surrender. He honors obedience. And not just honors it, but rewards it with miracles. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to remember that. And Here's the thing. You might be sitting in the corner thinking, I don't, I don't want to, you know, approach this conversation with this person. You don't know where they're at in their heart. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had a conversation a year ago mm-hmm. or six months ago and they said, don't talk to me anymore about this Jesus guy. You don't know where they're at today. Mm-hmm. It's not your job to surrender to silence. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Speak up in the name of the Lord. Don't be nasty. Yeah. Just speak up in the name of the Lord. And it's really basic. And, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting when we think about it. Um, we're not going to get into a debate about creation or evolution or anything like that. Um, this is not a science lesson. <laughs> it's not at all. And it's not. Um, but it's just such an interesting thing we were talking about. You know, um, this, this consciousness we have, this um, as, as a human being, um, I believe that we are default setting. Mm-hmm. Or our programmed setting is to seek God. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, I believe when you think about it, just look all around the world, all different societies, no matter how rural or how affluent and city and, you know, metropolis. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what religion is surrounding you or not. Um, we all have this innate drive over thousands of years of cultures um, to seek a higher power yeah. or a God or many gods or whatever. Just human beings are not designed to just coexist with other human beings. Mm-hmm. 
human beings are designed by God, created by God to seek him. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious. Yeah. You know, as a Christian, I believe humbly as a Christian that I have chosen the God. That is who I am surrendering my life to. There's lots of cultures who feel that way. Mm -hmm. So there is a higher power. We are, we are developed by God. We are created and programmed and designed intricately by God to seek him. Mm -hmm. And so when, look at it this way, when you're witnessing to someone, you're just tapping, you're just hitting that default button, that mm -hmm. program, you're just hitting the start button, just initiate sequence. Right? <laughs> That's it. Playing little C's. Definitely. Because yeah. it's true. We're all, we're all looking for fulfillment. Mm -hmm. We're all searching for something. Mm -hmm to fulfill us. I love that you said that because we aren't just coexisting. Like we're mm -hmm. all looking for something. We're all looking for that fulfillment and it is God. Mm -hmm. And until we know God, we don't have that peace. Mm -hmm. Well, think about it. No matter how much or how little a human being has, they always want something more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like, oh, you can take the poorest on earth and just give them money and they're happy. Yeah. Give them a house, give them stuff <laughs> and they're happy. When you think about fulfillment, mm -hmm. right? Even the richest people in the world will find unhappiness mm -hmm. if they don't find Jesus. Yep. And so it's it's incredible to me um, that you know you can argue other gods, you can argue evolution, you can argue whatever. But the bottom line is, we are created by God for the purposes of being in relationship with God to seek Him. And it doesn't matter what country you're from, it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. We are all designed to seek God. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think he intentionally places us where we are mm -hmm. to help other people. Mm -hmm. Like they're just so God works in the most mysterious, awesome ways where mm -hmm. he will just put people in your path to become friends with or to do things with. And by that, you know, God, you know, I came to God by a friend talking to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just he he works everything for our good. And mm -hmm. I know that he he wants us all to come to him and he will give us means to find him and to seek him. But some people just aren't willing. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. And, you know, here's the thing, too. The God we serve is selfless and loving and compassionate mm -hmm. and merciful and gracious and kind and intentional. And so, again, not getting into a science lesson, just something thought provoking that we talked about is like, we, how could a single cell organism come from an explosion, development, you know, develop into these multi-celled organisms with compassion and mm -hmm. remorse mm -hmm. and love and kindness and integrity? That's not survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. That's God. Yep. If, if we were just designed to eat or be eaten, yes. just, just for the purposes, the sole purposes of survival, where did these emotions come from? Mm -hmm. Where did this desire for God come from? Why did crying out to God come? Where did that all come yeah. from? It's just, you know, again, it's not a scientific debate, but I'm just, this is more than a single-celled organism becoming a multi-celled organism looking for food and water and shelter. It's yeah. so much bigger than that. Even just the way everything is made, like how intricate and perfect everything coexists, mm -hmm. you know, from the birds to, you know, animals to humans we all coexist and work for a purpose the trees and it's just like when you think about that like how could you not believe in a creator yeah like that something would just combust yeah like it's nuts to me yeah i i just i i i think once i, I can see how like learning about evol evolution in school could confuse somebody mm -hmm. but like when you think about it as when you truly believe with your whole heart and soul which we do that god is a creator of the universe 
it's so improbable that, like I said, that we could came, came from an amoeba, from a fish, through animals, through monkeys, to humans. And like, why do all those other things still exist? And we're mm-hmm. the superior being. Mm-hmm. If, if everything is survival of the fittest, just why are they still that. here? Yeah, yeah, like, wouldn't we just be the only thing? So, I mean, again, I don't want to get into a scientific debate, but it just, once you believe in God, once you get to know him intimately through his word and through experiencing him existentially through your belief and through your faith, it just is, it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know what I mean? Once, once you're at the point of surrendering and loving your Lord, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a theologian, but I am 100% a believer in Jesus Christ and I've surrendered my life to him. And this is my choice. This is, this is something important to remember. It's a choice. It's, it's just not like, oh, I believe in theory. No, I, once I believe in Jesus, that's just a starting point. Like I said, it's an invitation into holiness. Mm-hmm. That's where you start. That's not the finish line. That's not the pedestal we were talking about where, okay, I'm good now. I believe mm-hmm. in Jesus. Believing in Jesus is the beginning of the rest of your life. Yep. It's the beginning of a journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once we are in Christ, we are a new creation, Amen. which is perfect for <laughs> <That was good laughs> for this next verse, Second Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation therefore we are ambassadors for christ um god making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of christ be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Once, you know, once we come to him, yeah, we are a new creation. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to us to share that. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's what witnessing is. Witnessing is not taking someone to a Bible college it is not getting all the answers right. It's not knowing mm-hmm. all the answers. It's not condemnation or judgment or perfection. It's none of those things. Mm-hmm. Witnessing God to someone else is simply sharing your story and your experience with God. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no um, like recipe for that. There's no step-by-step procedure. It's actually designed to be an intimate bonding moment between two yeah. human beings connected by God. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, it. It doesn't have to be a long process. It doesn't have to be one statement. It's it's just an interaction. Exactly. It's a relationship. And what that's exactly what God desires from us is a relationship. So he wants us to love one another. And so the greatest extension of love is to share God with someone, to ensure someone's salvation mm-hmm. through relationship with Jesus. Um, and so that's really important. But the, the sad thing is, you know, the world is so hostile to God. Um but we're supposed to not be fearful and to contend for the faith and to minister reconciliation within mankind. And that's what's really important. The other thing is that um, uh, when we harden our hearts, so like you were talking about earlier, so when we go to church and we have a bad experience mm-hmm. or we were involved or grew up in a certain religion and we have a negative experience or worse, no experience with God, yeah. meaning sometimes you can be raised in a religion um, and never get to know God. Yes. 
And so when you feel that like emptiness or like, okay, this is how I was raised and I feel nothing for yeah. that, that's almost worse because mm-hmm. you're like, wait, isn't he supposed to do something in my life? Or yeah. Aren't I supposed to feel something? Yep. And so it can be really discouraging to people um, if they don't have an interaction or an exposure or an experience with God. Um, so that's why it's really important for us who have, who have experienced him emotionally and tangibly and in miraculous ways to share that mm-hmm. so that people go, oh, God is real. Mm-hmm. He does show up, you know, and to tap into it. Because if you're distant or if you've rejected God, you're not going to experience him the way that someone who is accepting him. Um, relationship with God and salvation through Jesus Christ is a gift. Mm-hmm. So if I give you a gift and I hand you the box right there and you never open it, you will not experience the gift. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to use it. You won't benefit from it. It won't. You won't find joy in it. If I give you a, a gift box right now and you never touch it, you will never experience it. Mm-hmm. Relationship with God is a gift. You have to unwrap it. You have yes. to unpack it. You have to accept it and receive it and engage with it. And the gift of salvation is the same. Mm-hmm. You have to accept it. Open up the Bible. Yeah. Listen to what God is saying. Engage with him. It's not a passive thing. Mm-hmm. Like we've said before in our podcast, faith is a verb. It requires action. And so as the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ is something you have to participate in and partner in. Mm-hmm. It's really basic. It is a gift. But like if somebody gives me a gift right now and I never open it, I never receive or accept the gift. I never experience it. And it is the greatest gift Amen. anyone can ever be given. Amen. And we have to, you know, we have to be really like careful about this. And that um, if you're if you're in a situation where you've had a negative experience, um, sometimes like you know it does harden you, mm-hmm. and you are less receptive than you may have been had you had a positive experience somewhere along your life. That doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means you need your so- your heart softened. Mm-hmm. So it can be as simple for us as knowing someone in our life who has a hardened heart just to pray for God to soften their heart. Mm-hmm. Pray for an opportunity to expose them to God, to invite them to God, to invite them to church, to invite them to Bible study. I've, I've invited plenty of people yeah. to Bible study who I thought wanted no business with the Bible. Yeah. But what happens after they open the Bibles between them and God? Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to get them to the Bible. Just get them to Jesus and then let Jesus do it. Yes. But again, like Jackie Hill Perry says, a lot of people will never experience God if they don't meet us first. Mm-hmm. And so we have to assume that responsibility. And we that is almost like a thank you to God. Thank you, God, for doing this. I want to share it with somebody else. Yes. You know, it's not it's not something that should be meant to be confrontational. It's a gift. Um, and the, so I was talking with a dear friend of mine, Delilah. Shout out to Delilah. <laughs> I, lo- I love my theological and scriptural conversations with you, Delilah. And we were talking on the phone about this topic. And it was really an inspiration for this podcast and really thinking about, you know, I believe that we're in the end times right now. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Um, so there's a sense of urgency now, like more than ever, mm-hmm. to share God with people um, as a matter of life and death. And so we were talking, and um, she said something really thought-provoking. Um, believers in Christ have all these little catchphrases or all these little things that they think about, like, well, this is why I should share God, or this is why God is real. And she said something really interesting. She said, you know, even someone who's a self-identified atheist or a non-believer or somebody who's rejected God, um, anyone in that category of not believing in God and not accepting Jesus Christ— when they're faced with imminent death 
or a terminal illness diagnosis, or God forbid, literally a situation where there's a gun to their head, they cry out to God. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they'll immediately start praying. Oh God, please help me, please help me. And they literally will look to the sky like, where does that come from? Mm -hmm. My dad says something really similar and he kind of said it more tongue in cheek, but it's the same concept. Like he always says, everyone believes in God when the ship is sinking. Yep. Right? And so, well, where does that come from? I believe, and I'm not saying, you know, there's no scientific research on this, <laughs> but I believe that that is what we were talking about earlier, that default setting. Yeah. That pre-programming in the intricate creation of human beings, that God put that button there like, okay, when you're done being arrogant, when you're done thinking you know it all, when mm -hmm. you're done thinking that you're in control, look to me and I'll save you. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful thing. That that is that default setting that even you've lived your life and you've, you know, you're surviving on your own mm -hmm. brilliance, your own intelligence, your own abilities. But if all of that is stripped away, you lose all your money, you lose your health and you're facing demise, you're going to look to heaven mm -hmm. and you're going to call after God. Isn't that interesting? It's just so interesting. And so when she said that, I was like, oh, that is so true. Yes. And but why? Not because God's not real. Nope. Why would you look to a God that's not real when there's a bullet? facing you, there's a bullet, mm -hmm. there's a gun to your head, and your demise is around the corner, why would you look to God if he's not real? That makes no sense. Nope. You're not, you're not searching for your wallet. No. <laughs> when Definitely like that not. Wrong, right? Your car, yeah. you no, know, nothing. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's no degrees going to save you in that moment. It's just, it's God. Mm -hmm. And it's such an interesting concept. And so when I think about it, I'm like, why would this urge exist if it wasn't implanted by God? Exactly. You know, God, again, I believe that we were made by God, a loving God, for the sole purpose of being in relationship with Him, to love and be loved by Him. Exactly. That's why that default setting exists, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. You could suppress it and suppress it and suppress it, but exactly that feeling. We were created to seek God. Right. We really were. Mm -hmm. So So that's why, like, okay, for most people, myself included, I knew who God was. I didn't reject him outright, but I didn't yeah. have a relationship with mm -hmm. him, you know, growing up, um, growing up the way I did. And um, I was Irish Roman Catholic growing up. And I use that term loosely because we weren't super practicing. Mm -hmm. But um, growing up the way I did, again, I didn't have a, I knew who God was. I did believe in him, but I just, I had no relationship with him. Uh, and it wasn't until later on in life when my world was unraveling. Yeah. Everything I knew and loved and held dear to me was just slipping through my fingers like sand. And at the end of at the end of myself, when nothing was in my power or control anymore, that's when I hit my knees and cried out mm -hmm. to Jesus. And when my ship was sinking, yep, that's when I cried out to Jesus and surrendered my life to Him. I don't think I was arrogant. I don't think I was like intentionally disregarding God. I just was doing just fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't need him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. And it wasn't until then that I was like, oh, wow, I am not in control. Mm -hmm. I need someone else, something else. And so that's when I went to God. And so it was interesting. I have someone very dear in my life who um, is a proclaimed atheist and um, not just an atheist. and was like, don't come at me with this God stuff. Yeah. He was like, what are you doing? Why are you giving your life to God? Like you do all this Bible study and you donate time and money to the church and you volunteer and you're running around doing all this for the church and you're leading a Bible study. Like, what are you doing? God is not real. This is a total waste of time. And so we'd gone around and around and yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? Telling me you don't want God is one thing, but criticizing me or teasing me or whatever for my belief, I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to stop this. 
So I ultimately said, okay, look, if all of this is wrong, and that's not what I believe, mm -hmm. I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in God, I believe in heaven after death, but if all of this is wrong, and what you described is someone who volunteers at church, gives their time and their money to church, serving others in the community, welcoming people to the Bible, encouraging people to read mm -hmm. the Bible, get their own relationship with Jesus. If, if my whole life of doing this is foolish, mm -hmm. if there is no God, I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that. What, yeah. what did I lose? Yeah. If at the end, everybody just dies and it's ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And I lived a good life. I didn't hurt anyone. Good person. I helped you know, others. Yeah, helped the others. Went to, went to you know church and helped the community. If that's what my legacy is, I'm completely okay with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I'll be ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It won't matter to me. Yeah, I'm fine with it. So when you think about it in that perspective, like I'm not wasting anything. I'm being a good person. So yeah. what? Okay, so maybe I gave money to church. I had less for me. All right. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But so I said, okay. If my life has been foolish and I have devoted my life to the wrong thing, but I was righteous and good and kind, I can live with that all day long. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. That's my legacy. But if I'm right mm -hmm. and those that I love have rejected God and rejection of God is a sin, mm -hmm. a major sin, but also sometimes rejecting God comes along with a lot of sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Maybe you were lying. Maybe you were cheating. Maybe you were hurting others intentionally. Or maybe you were a good person. You just weren't focused on God. Whatever the case may be. At the end of it, if you've rejected God and I'm right, then there's an eternal eternity in hell where you're going to have to answer for every time you rejected God and everything you said wrong and everything you did wrong. Judgment Day is coming. We all have to mm -hmm. answer for everything we do. But if you've rejected God... You will not see salvation. Mm -hmm. You will be in hell with the enemy. Now, if that is the answer for people who reject God, and the answer for those who choose God is, eh, yeah. I get to go to heaven. Yeah. I get to go to heaven. I get to be with Jesus Christ. I get to love him and be in unity with other believers and experience joy and celebration and worship of God at the feet of his throne. That is amazing to me. And so look at the alternative. Mm -hmm. Can atheists and non-believers and those who reject God, can they live with their decision? It's heavy. It is very heavy. It's a very drop-the-mic moment. Yeah. So I told my loved one, I believe that I'm going to heaven. I believe in my God. Mm -hmm. But for your sake, I hope I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's heavy. It is. Because for the people that I love who outright, they know me, they see how I'm living. They've heard about Jesus through me and they still reject him. Mm. It breaks my heart. That's the urgency for this. It's how do I witness successfully? Yeah. But the Bible says if the wicked reject him, he'll give him over to their ways. Exactly. And that's the thing too. Every Everyone that you witness to, not all of them are going to come to Jesus. Not all of them be like, yes, you're right. I believe you know, it's planting those little seeds. Maybe a couple years from now, they'll remember something and it'll trigger. Like, not everyone is going to just be like, yep, I accept him. And we have to be okay with that. But that's not our job. Right. You know, that's God's right. job to, you know, keep working on their hearts. Mm -hmm. So we can just pray for them and, like, share our story. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, like, literally, there's, like, 
people will say things like the the world is groaning like mm -hmm. humanity is growing we have wars and economic problems and pestilence and mm -hmm. hunger and um COVID-19 yep. you know plagues we have so much groaning in the world and by the world I mean humanity um, but there's hunger pains because people are hungry for Jesus. They're hungry for righteousness and either they've chosen to reject him or they don't know him yet. Uh, and so it's so that this, I feel like an urgency, um, but it's crazy. Like the fate of the believer is to be in the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The fate of the atheist and those who reject God is to be in hell. Yep. And, and it's, it's such a sad reality but ultimately, um, whoever chooses to be in hell made that choice. Mm -hmm. Whoever ends up in hell made that choice. Yeah. It's it's so crazy to me to think, like, can you imagine ending up there going, God didn't do that to them. No. God didn't put people in hell. Mm -hmm. there, we have free will. We can choose yep. him or not. And there's a great C.S. Lewis quote that says, the gates of hell are locked from the inside. Yep. Everyone in there put themselves in there. Absolutely. And it's just, oh, it gives me chills just to think about it like that, you know? Yeah, and, and exactly. Talking about, like, this fallen world and stuff, I mean, for the believer, this is the closest we'll ever be to hell. But for the unbeliever, this is the closest they'll ever be to heaven. Oh, this world. I know. Oh, that just gave me chills. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where this urgency comes from. That's why sometimes because it's so serious mm -hmm. um, and because it's so critical, that's why sometimes we get scared. Like, oh, it's too big. Yeah. It's too much. I, I, I can't save someone, but you can. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can. And the thing is, do you, do you want to risk a relationship? Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to risk that relationship or have an uncomfortable conversation or have some level of confrontation or conflict. I don't want to do that. I'm willing to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. for someone's life, mm -hmm. for someone's eternity. Again, what that person thinks of me is none of my business. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, I, I would never, and because, and like we said in the beginning of this podcast is like, that's why we talk about so much that the approach should not be judgment or condemnation. It should be compassion and love and sharing the gospel, the good news and the joy of believing in Jesus Christ. Yes. And so those conversations shouldn't be confrontational. And that's why we talk about tools like you will not have all the answers. You cannot outwork God. Mm -hmm. Witnessing to somebody should be a joyful experience. It should be done with joy, for the purposes of joy, for the purpose of relationship with Jesus, and to not put that pressure on ourselves to have all the answers and get it all right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pressure ourselves so much that we just get decision paralysis. I don't know what to say, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And, and what we do is we, we're really robbing the opportunity from the other person. Uh, and I feel... Right now, I have to be obedient to the urging of God to share. That's why we're doing this podcast, is to share the word of the Lord with humanity and for people, you know, within our sphere of influence, whether yeah. it be friends or social media friends or whatever the case may be, um, to share with them. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. It's just like, we don't need to be perfect. We mm -hmm. don't have to have it all together. We don't mm -hmm. have to know every scripture. That's not what this is about it's just about sharing our lord and savior for the saving of souls amen and i love that saying every saint has a past and every sinner has a future mm -hmm. um and we're not you're never too far from god to choose jesus mm -hmm. you're never too broken to choose jesus you're never too flawed 
or, or too messed up, whatever language you want to use, you are never so far from God that he will not reach out his arms and hold you to him. It's just, you're never that far. And sometimes we think that we, yeah. okay, this, this, I really screwed up this time. God, you're not going to want me. Exactly. And that's not true at all. That is the sound of the enemy coming. Uh, exactly. And I have spoken to some friends too, and that's how they feel. They're like, well, you know, I drink too much. I do this. I do mm -hmm. that. Like God's never going to accept me. And it's just like, when you come to Jesus, he just, he changes your heart. You don't have to do mm -hmm. anything. You have to try and be perfect. You don't yeah. have to be something that you're yeah. not. He will work through you. Mm -hmm. The more you cling to him, the more he uses you, the more he can work through you. You don't, you're not doing it. Trust me. I didn't do, my transformation has nothing to do with me. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just has to do, here's the thing. And we've talked about this in other podcasts is that um, you can't wait to get it all right or to fix your mistake or to, end your addiction or to fix that failing marriage or to get that prodigal child to come home and before you can come to Jesus. The point is obedience and acceptance of God. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just accept him. He's tapping on your heart. If you feel it right now, he's tapping on your heart. All he's yeah. asking for you is to let him in. Just let him in the house and then he'll do it. He'll do the work. He will make sure the, pre you know, the purifying and the refining process of a being a believer in Jesus Christ is God's work within you and you're partnering in relationship with him to seek him for the purpose of improving and transforming your life. You will not be transformed. Here's the thing. People think, oh, I got to get it perfect to go to God. A, you'll never be perfect. So stop it. <laughs> Knock it off. But, but for the purposes of transformation, for improving that whatever you need to improve or work on or whatever transformation and improvement needs to take place in your life, you can't do it without God. Mm -hmm. Stop trying. The purpose is God wants you to acknowledge that. He wants you to be humble and recognize you need him. And through him, you will gain whatever transformation or improvement needs to happen in your life. Uh, and you'll discover the purpose for your life. What are you supposed to do with this newfound transformation? Mm -hmm. um, like for me, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm not perfect, but I love the Lord. That's yep. it. That's it. And so all he wants of me is to surrender to him, to be obedient to him, and he'll do the rest. And it's so freeing. <laughs> it's so freeing and liberating to think all I have to do is accept God and and then the relationship begins mm -hmm. then the transformation begins yep. in partnership with god so you just accept him have relationship with him surrender to him but here's the thing and priscilla schreier has one of the best uh, quotes that i love it says um you know come to jesus just come as you are exactly as you are today nothing needs to change nothing needs to stop nothing needs to improve come as you are but you don't get to stay as you are. Mm -hmm. And that's the joy. Yep. Don't you want to, wouldn't you want to go somewhere today and do something today that, that initiates change for the better and improvement in your life? Of course. We all want that mm -hmm. regardless of what we think or perceive it is that we need to change. And so just come as you are. And then through a relationship with Jesus, you don't stay as you are. You improve. Mm -hmm. You're a new creation in Christ. And mm -hmm. it's so liberating. I don't know why. And I'm guilty of it too. I was fearful, like I'm not good enough, or I'm so broken, or my, my situation is such a mess that God doesn't love me or doesn't want me or can't use me or mm -hmm. fix me for good. And I was so wrong. And I'm so glad. I'm really so glad for the tragedies that brought me to my knees to God. Yep. I wouldn't want to have, you know, not experienced those bad things and been living the life I was living before Jesus, you know, thinking oh, I got it all together, I'm doing okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Not one teardrop. Nope. 
was wasted mm-hmm. because now I get to know God and exactly. I get to share God. Exactly. And that's the most ultimate blessing. Yep. And that's exactly it. He has done so much for us. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's our commission now to share it with you, share it with the people that we love because mm-hmm. we want everyone to experience his goodness, experience his love and ultimately salvation. Amen. Amen. So all we have to do is just acknowledge God, you know, accept Jesus repent and mm-hmm. to repent means to turn away from your sin literally to go the opposite so just stop your sin ask for jesus to come into your heart accept accept him as your lord and savior and tomorrow is a whole new day god's mm-hmm. mercies are new every morning and the day that you wake up and you accept god into your life and give your life over to jesus christ is the day that you are beginning your new life and your new transformation I encourage you to do it. If anybody has any questions, you can contact us. We would love to pray over you. Uh, We would love to talk with you um, and just encourage you. Accept Jesus today if you're not a believer. And if you are, share Jesus today. Amen. That's (laughs) good. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for not abandoning us and not giving up on us when we were far from you, Lord. Mm. We just thank you for your grace. Thank you for programming us with that default setting so that when Things were beyond our control, and when we truly needed you in our lives, we looked up and we saw you and we found you and we surrendered to you, Lord. Yes. Uh, we ask for wisdom and guidance in our walk with you. Uh, Lord, we ask to be transformed. We surrender our lives to you for the purposes and the plans that you created us, Lord. But we just ask to be obedient. We ask to witness to others to be an example of your light, Lord, um, to share you with others through our love of you. We ask for the right words. We ask for guidance. We ask, Lord, that our words be your words and that we share the gospel, the good news, as you would have it come out of our mouths, Lord. We ask for wisdom and guidance. We ask for strength. And, Lord, most of all, we give you thanks. We praise you. We give you glory and honor for who you are, for your truths, for your gifts, for being patient, Lord, for continually knocking on our hearts, even when we've turned our backs to you, Lord. We ask that you do this now. We ask that you knock on the hearts of everyone listening, Lord, and we ask that you spread this message to more and more people, Lord, so that they know where to look, that they look to you, um, Lord, that we have, are bold in our faith, that we contend for the faith with a boldness, but also with a humility to admit that we don't have all the answers and that the only way we will get answers is to look to you. Lord, we thank you. We glory, we give you glory, and we surrender our lives to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope your time with us has brought you closer to God. And makes you feel equipped, empowered, and encouraged to experience Eden on this side of heaven. To connect with us, please find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day!